Hey everybody, it's Jenny from Growth Mode Marketing. You're listening to Demand Gen Fix, the podcast where our team of growth motors and our guests discuss the ins and outs of demand generation and why we believe it's the key to long-term sustainable growth, especially in the HR tech industry. Welcome to the Demand Gen Fix. I'm Jenny Geiser from Growth Mode Marketing, and this is our inaugural podcast. I'd like to introduce Ellen Kane and Deanna Shimoda, who will be joining our conversation today. We uh, would like to discuss a topic that's been on our minds for a while, the death of lead generation and why demand generation is really the key to long-term sustainable growth. We've been talking with our clients about this, and we've been talking about creating more content and podcasting, and so we are going to be taking our own medicine and doing that same thing. So with that being said, let's get right into our topic of the day. So lead generation, it doesn't work. Why is that? Deanna? (laughs) Uh, that's a great question. So I know there's a lot of marketers out there who still very much subscribe to the philosophy of lead generation. It's a very traditional marketing approach over the last how many years. But the reality is you can't convince someone to buy if they're not already in market or ready. And I think that's where lead generation falls short. Um, and there are multiple reasons for that. So what do you tell your sales team when all they want is leads? <laughs> that's, a, that's a common challenge I think many marketers face. I mean, let's be real, especially coming into year end. Sales teams will panic when they're not meeting their numbers and they'll come to marketing and say, we need leads. We need them yesterday. Help. We need you to uncover these. You know, the... The flip side of that is you, as a marketer, rush to do all of that, and the result is a trickle of leads that sales isn't satisfied with, that the leads aren't good enough, marketing's not delivering quality leads. Let's be real, sales reps want you to hand them leads that are ready to buy today, and a lot of the leads generated from lead generation programs are not individuals that are ready to buy today, so they're not going to close quickly. They're going to fall out of the sales pipeline. And it can be very frustrating for a sales team and for a marketing team. So like, you're right. We get this request all the time. The sales numbers have fallen short. We need leads now. We need them yesterday. What, you know, in a typical lead generation process, you know, does that look like? And I, I think if we walk through that, it's super obvious why these aren't good leads, why this is just not working. I think the reality is you're chasing prospects. I mean, they haven't necessarily expressed an interest. There Mm -hmm. are, you know, like, let's say you're doing cold outreach. So you're working off of a cold list. Maybe you're working off a contact form for gated content. And in those cases, the person filled out the form, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to buy. And no, I, I fill out forms all the time. You can't sell to me. I don't buy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want the content. And I'm annoyed that I filled out the form to get it. Right, right. I, I mean, it <laughs> makes you wonder how many prospects do you deter 
because they just didn't want to provide their information because they're worried that as soon as I hit submit with my contact information, I'm going to get a ton of emails. I'm going to get sales calls up the wazoo. And I don't want that. I just wanted to read your article because the topic was interesting to me. Right. And I am definitely on the other side of that coin. I don't fill out forms because I know it's just going to fill my inbox with spam email or sales emails and all of that kind of stuff. And that's not for me. So I will stay away from that content. Even if I think it's interesting, I'll go and search for somebody else's content that's free without having to give my information. Yeah. And there's these days, there's a lot of content out there that is free. Uh, You know, a lot of marketers have stopped gating stuff. And quite frankly, if you use marketing automation and you already had their contact information, you don't need a form in 99% of the cases because you can already track what content they're clicking on and engaging with and whether they're jumping around on your website. So what is the point of a form? I mean, it's funny because I think kind of this model of lead generation really came about through marketing automation because you were able to get all that information through the forms. But now marketing automation has evolved so much that you really don't need the form for that kind of lead collection. Right. And I do think that just the world has changed so much, you know, in the last, not only over the last two years, but over the last few years where Everybody has access to everything all the time at their fingertips, on their phones, on their computers. You know, you can search for anything and there's multiple places to search. It's not just Google anymore. I mean, content is everywhere. So if you're trying to gate your your, uh, content, you know, all you're doing is putting a barrier up to getting your, your name and your ideas and your brand out there. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about lead scores. So, you know, one could argue, even if you don't gate content, that we're using lead scores to build up, you know, who are the warmest leads and those engagement levels. And there are some contacts that consume a lot of content and that lead score builds up. Should we be handing those leads over to sales? I mean, that's how marketing automation works. Can I answer that one? No, no. (laughs) I I think unless they um, have that lead score built up to a point where they request a demo or fill out a form that says, yes, contact me. I really want to talk to you because I'm ready to buy. I'm sorry. If I download 500 pieces of your content, still please don't contact me. (laughs) I'll let you know if I want to be contacted. Right? Exactly. I think that's where the the marketing qualified lead, it, the the definition of it has to evolve. It can't just be the trigger for a sales handoff. I think it can be a trigger for marketing to drive more content to that really interested prospect um, in a way that's not salesy, in a way that gives them the information that they're looking for. Yeah, those are good points. And I think essentially, like if you're reaching out to companies and let's say they built the lead score up, you're making assumptions when you reach out to them that one, they are already in market or two, like we've heard this from prospects and clients that we talk to. They're like, well, we will convince them that we are the better solution and they will buy from us because it makes sense. 
it may make sense in your mind as the vendor, but I honestly, you know, through all my years of marketing have learned if they're not ready to buy, you can't convince them that it's time to buy. You can take them on a journey from a content perspective and help them slowly get there, but it's got to be on their timeline. And I think that what's really hard and what's really frustrating for sales teams is they've got quotas to meet. They need these leads to close today. I get that. I totally get that. But if you're chasing opportunities that aren't actually opportunities, it's a heck of a lot harder to get to those numbers. And it's frustrating when you're working with people, you know, you're, you're constantly reaching out to people who don't have the budget or they don't have the, it is, it's not the right time for them or they're the wrong person, you know, and then eventually you just get blocked. And so, you know, that's, you know, as a salesperson, that's, that's frustrating. You're just, you know, just spinning your wheels. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something to think about too, you know, we're talking specifically about the B2B space. Um, So it's so true what you said, Deanna, about you can't make someone be in market. We're not trying to sell a pack of gum where, you know, there are very few constraints to the buying process. You know, I, I didn't want any gum, but you've convinced me I really do. We can't convince somebody who's not ready to buy a piece of enterprise you know, payroll software that, oh yeah, maybe I do need that. (laughs) You know, it's not an impulse buy. It's (laughs) well, and you think about how long it takes and how many people it takes to make that decision in an organization. I mean, holy cow, it's a long process. You can't just cold call somebody and say, Hey, switch your payroll software. (laughs) It's great. You know, this is great. Yeah, I I recently read an article that said that the average HR technology buying process is includes 23 people, 23 decision makers and influencers in the process. That's a lot of people to bring along on this decision and this journey. And of course, some people have way more power in that decision and influence than others. But I think the point there is, you know, they're going out and they're trying to gain buy-in internally, which means they have to have buy-in and believe it's the right thing for them to even lobby within their organization for it. And I think a challenge with lead gen when you're reaching out to people and asking them to have a meeting with you, they didn't raise their hand in many cases. That, when you stop and think about that, it's like, you're right. I'm trying to convince them to meet with me. They didn't ask me to meet with me. They don't necessarily have a desire to meet with me. I just hope I hit them on the right day when they actually are in market and they have a need and my message resonates with them. Right. And so in comes demand generation, right? I mean, let's talk about how demand generation works so that these people know who you are and are reaching out to you when they are ready. Yeah, you know, I really look at demand generation as the ticket to long-term sustainable growth. And the reason why is that because you're meeting buyers where they are at in the buying process. You're not trying to force the sale. You're really flipping it around and saying, okay, I'm going to create demand 
by putting all this great content out there that's very targeted and very intentional and speaks to a specific ideal customer profile to help them evaluate and even just like come along with your unique point of view and build that brand awareness, build that brand loyalty and affinity, and ultimately get them to raise their hand when they happen to be in market because they've been following along with you for a while now. Right. And they're they're familiar with your brand. They're familiar with your content. They know that you know what you're talking about. You don't have to be the salesy person trying to convince them. They've already done that research and they're on board. I think what strikes me too is this is so foundational. You know, I think marketers kind of got into a trap a while back where we were you know, hacking. You know, they talked a lot about growth hacking and you can hack your way to growth. <laughs> you, you can't. You can, I, we could bring in a million leads tomorrow and most of them would be garbage. You know, it's about getting back to basics and really building up your brand awareness. And then to your point, Jenny, getting that content out there and to your point, Deanna, um, that really speaks to the, what the buyers need. So, you know, you're looking at that awareness content. You're looking at user content. You're looking at the entire funnel and really building that up. So right. And the more your content strategy is really important too. <laughs> yeah. And the more you're putting out there and the more people are interacting with your content, the more your ideal customer is going to come into play because you're going to see who it is that's interacting with your content, who wants to read more, who wants to, to learn more about you. And you're able to narrow that down to the right people that are the ones that are going to make those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up your ideal customer profile because I know that's something that we're all really passionate about and definitely we'll be getting into in future podcasts and other content that we're producing. Absolutely. So, I, I, you know, I think the beauty of demand generation, if you do it well, is that you have buyers who ask you to have a meeting with them when they are ready. And that is a key difference from lead generation because lead generation, you're asking them for a meeting. Demand generation, if you do it well, when it works, they're asking you for a meeting. And just imagine, you know, how much better that sales process is, how much more efficient it is, how much faster things close when they've done their research, they're already actively seeking solutions Oh, and you actually made their consideration set because let's be real, there's a lot of options out there, no matter what type of software you're selling. And in this case, you know, talking about HR technology, there's over 21,000 HR technology vendors out there competing for those dollars. Let's go back to that payroll example. Okay, you're looking for HR payroll software. There's still 600 of those out there that they can choose from they're probably going to pick two to three that will make their consideration set and that they will seriously evaluate. So it's really important that you build a marketing strategy that ensures that you have a chance at making that consideration set. And I really think demand generation is how you do that. Yeah, you can definitely think of, you know, like, the big three in the payroll industry, you know, and you know that those are the ones they, their brands are out there. Every that's, that's those are the first ones that everybody looks at, you know, you can, it's just, it's easy to remember. And, and you want to get your brand out there to be whatever it is in your 
your sector, you want to be one of the brands that everybody thinks about right off the top of their head. You do. You have to be out there. I mean, people have to know you exist. But if you're not in the top three, I think it's even more important that you establish a really unique perspective and point of view so that you can differentiate yourself from, you know, say those top three in that space so that people say, oh, I I don't really want to work with them. I want something different for these reasons. If you're that different, then you make their consideration set. That's a really good point. You definitely need to have that unique point of view. You're right. And then and then your content that you're putting out there revolves around that. So there are obviously differences between lead gen and demand gen. Let's break that down a little bit more. Like let's let's look at lead generation. Um, how would you describe that to somebody if they were like, I don't know the difference between lead generation? or demand generation, (laughs) or even they're like, it's the same thing. Because in our minds, it's absolutely not the same thing. No. I mean, we could talk about the really the old school way of doing a lot of the lead gen, right? Buy buy a list, Mm -hmm. first of all. (laughs) Buy buy a list of cold prospects. Um, Send them emails talking about your product. Send them to a landing page where you have a gated piece of content that they fill out a form and download and then start calling them. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that as is soon really as- a basic way, but that's how I think of lead gen not done super well. That's exactly it. I mean, and as soon as they hit that form, that submit button, they're automatically put into that lead bucket and you really don't know if that's a lead or not, you know, and, and in most cases, it's probably not going to be because as you mentioned before, they might not even be the right person to contact. They might not be the buyer. They might not have the budget. They're most certainly not ready to buy at that exact well, moment. Well, and they probably didn't open your email to begin with or you went into the spam filter. I mean, let's right. be really real. I, I was yeah. giving the absolute like worst way you could probably <laughs> do it, but... Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, from a lead generation standpoint, if you really think about it, you have to explain who your company is. Unless you're a big known brand already. You also have to persuade them to consider your product or service because you're doing cold outreach. They may or may not have known you existed. They certainly weren't going out of their way to find you and consume your content at this point. And the issue is you're trying to force them into your sales process instead of them bringing you into their buying process. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of clear why we're pretty fed up with lead gen as being like your only marketing tactic. It just doesn't give you the results you want. I think it leads to a lot of, you know, rocky relationships between marketing and sales too. Yes, that's what I was going to bring up as well. I mean, it just it feels like they're always, you know, sales and marketing are always butting heads. Sales is mad because they're not getting good leads. Marketing is saying we're doing all this work for you. We're trying we're giving you all of these names. Why aren't you doing your job? It's just like it's a constant struggle between the two departments. And that's not how it should work. I mean, sales and marketing need to work hand in hand. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So with lead gen, you have to explain who your company is and convince them to buy, uh, you know, on the flip side, what is, what is demand gen? Like, how is that different? Well, I think it goes back to kind of the basics that we talked about. They should know who your company is, right? Because you've done the foundational work to get your name out there and your unique point of view. 
And there are lots of ways you can do that. I think the most important is you need to build up credibility. So not with a sales first approach, you need to put out resources and content that are actually valuable to people, a podcast, a webinar, something that helps them be better at their jobs or find more success in their career or their life or what have you. And you keep doing that (laughs) and you keep doing that. And, you know, of course there are lots of other ways to build up your brand, but if you can do that and really get into, you know, the buyer's, you know, consideration set and their their mindset, they should be coming to you eventually. And I'm sure Deanna, you want to say more about just kind of what the nitty gritty is that goes into that, but that's kind of the 10,000 feet view. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think when, when done well, you have shorter sales cycles and higher close rates and who on a sales team doesn't want that. Um, I think a point around like content is a foundation of a demand gen strategy, but it's not just about putting top of the funnel awareness content out there. So you're not just publishing best practices and tips and advice on how to solve problems. You're looking at content for the middle of the funnel, which is the consideration stage. And you're looking at content for the bottom of the funnel, which is that decision phase. So that a perspective buyer can take themselves through that kind of self-guided buying journey, because let's face it, we've become a society of on-demand everything. I don't want to talk to a sales rep. I don't think a lot of buyers actually want to talk to a sales rep. They want to figure out as much as they can before they submit that contact form and say, okay, show me, you know, what the pricing is on this or what do we got to do to make this happen? And so it's really important to, from a content strategy, really think through what you're going to put out there for every stage of the buying process. And how do you get it out so you're there? You're talking like use cases, maybe yeah. um, customer generated content even about how they've yeah. used your product. Don't yeah, you're absolutely right. We can't just be top of funnel. We can't just be solve, you know, talking about the big pain points. We have right. to get all the way down to the bottom too. Yeah. We have to be everywhere all the time. Yeah, everywhere <laughs> all the yeah. time. And, and that doesn't mean literally everywhere, but everywhere that your specific ideal customer profile is, you want to try showing up in those places. So the question becomes, where are they going to seek information to train themselves for their job, for their industry? Where are they going to research and make buying decisions? And do we have that kind of content out there? Because For example, you know, over the years, I've worked with many software companies where I'm buying something, let's say marketing automation. Well, you you say, okay, I'm interested in marketing automation. I care about two things. I want to see a demo and I want to know what the pricing is. You get on the first meeting with the sales rep and it's an intake call where all they do is ask you questions so that they can customize the demo and then four meetings in, you finally get to see the demo and then they follow up with pricing. And it's like, that's not the experience I wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. I tolerate it because that's the only way to get the information. But what if there is a very um, viable competitor out there that gave me all that information up front 
to be quite honest, I might have gone that route because it saved me the hassle of having to go through the seller's sales process. No, oh, and you're talking about that. a more frictionless experience, right? Right. People feel empowered when they're able to do their own research. I think you know, you go out there and and you look at all the, the different things yourself, and you feel like, okay, I I'm making my decision based on things that I have found and that I that I have learned and you don't feel like somebody's forcing you into something. You know, you feel right. a lot more comfortable with that decision. I think if you've been able to make those, you know, go through that journey and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is kind of the way. And then it just gives so much more value to that salesperson's job because they can start to handle any objections that you might be bringing up Um and really or questions that you have, you know, because if yeah. you're going to come into it, you've already looked at certain things. You know, if you're if you're on the at the table ready to buy, you're going to have more questions. And then that salesperson is able to handle things from there on out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a personal example. I bought a car this morning. Um, but honestly, <laughs> when I was in the car with with the dealer, we'd already done all this research. So it's just like, how does this button work and this button? I already knew I wanted that car. I knew, you know, we had done our homework on the pricing, everything else. I just needed him to answer a few questions for me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and how much easier for that salesperson. Oh yep. my gosh. So much yeah. better. Yeah. He kept saying, no, you can go and talk to your husband about this. I'm like, nope, I'm good now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good example. I like that. And I, I feel like, you know, B2B and, you know, B2C, all of the different marketing, it's it's all the same these these days. It's, you know, everything is online. Everything is out there. You know, there's research to be done. And um, I just think that uh, you can really take those personal experiences and replicate them in in your work life, you know. So the consensus is that lead generation, we're saying it's dead you know, that's a little bit tongue in cheek. It's a little bit, you know, there are, there's a place, a time and a place for lead generation. But for the most part, we believe that demand generation is the way to go. Don't build your whole marketing strategy around lead gen, please. (laughs) (laughs) Think about demand gen. We're going to tell you a lot more about it in upcoming podcasts and content that we have coming out. Just think about it from a revenue perspective, how much better it is to have inbound leads coming to you rather than wasting time and resources chasing people who aren't in market. Amen. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the Demand Gen Fix, a podcast for HR tech marketers brought to you by Growth Mode Marketing. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe for more perspectives on demand generation and B2B marketing strategies. Plus, give us a like. Tell your friends. We'll see you next time.